What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend of debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson, joining me again in the host spotlight. I love this dude. His name is Mark Francis. Mark, how you doing, What my is guy? up? I, I feel like I haven't seen you in here in a while. No, I'm um, excited to be here again. Oh, it's awesome. You know, it's, it's one of those things where I enjoy being here and bantering mm-hmm. with you and mm-hmm. having fun, but more importantly, digging into these conversations about sermons. And, and I just hope that you guys watching and listening gain something from these conversations. Mm. That's what it's yeah. about. And so I enjoy them because it helps me flush things out when you talk and, and, and have good conversations like this. You're like, man, I'm learning something. This is great. And here's the thing. It's been a few weeks since he's been here, and I didn't think I would miss him. Uh, and I, just a little bit, you yeah. know what I mean? We had, we had Morrison, which was incredible, but he's back with us, uh, Senior Pastor Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, my friend? I'm fine. Good to fine. see you. Thank you yep. for, for being here. Guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review. I feel like we have a, a morning uh, and an evening mm. uh, to talk about at mm. some point. So, yep. Mark Francis, I'm going to come your way first. Well, I'll start with the evening. Mm-hmm. How about that? Because we had our fellowship family meeting. We got the family together. We're confused about this being, is this about the family ministry? Mm. No, this mm. is about the church being a this family. Is you. And we had almost 300 people on Sunday so cool, night man. where we were able to uh, just have a great time of learning, okay, what's happening here at the church? And um, as a family, where, where are we called to be and what's on the hearts and minds of the leaders? So if you weren't there, go talk to somebody that was mm. and let them fill you in. But I guess I'm recapping it because this coming Friday, we'll have a Fellowship Family podcast episode that does this, kind of a, a, just a recap of that meeting as a whole. So It was awesome. At yeah. the beginning, uh, little Aaron Mayo walked yeah. up to me. He, yep. said, he said, why are you putting... A microphone on. You know, all we're doing tonight is dessert. Oh, it's all about the dessert. <laughs> I said, Aaron, you're in for a treat, buddy. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, it, was, yeah, but it I mean, was a lot of fun. Mark, I know you had fun there, too, and it was just good to see the church gathered together in a way mm-hmm. that's like, you know, we typically call them congregational meetings, mm-hmm. but to have that many people attend a congregational meeting yeah. is, is neat to see in well, this post-COVID I, world. I, that's what I was going to I think people uh, for many months now have have been tired of the whole COVID mm. talks and issues and things like that. And socially, it takes a toll. Mm. Um, yeah. Yep. And so it, I think there was a, there was a really good positive feel. And, and um, what I was encouraged about, uh, I mean, 40, 45 minutes after the whole meeting was over, we were still there. There's a hundred people or more still standing mm. around talking and, yep. and connecting and, and so that yeah, it was good. Good to see a lot of young folks. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know a lot of key, Keystone people were there. Oh, yeah. and, and and we high will, we will talk and... about the jokes that were made on Friday's episode. <laughs> okay, so cool. yes, cool. we will. We'll so circle my, back to my that. roasting sessions here. By the way, oh yeah, there's so much to talk about about that. It'll be Friday, Mark. Yes, you can you can keep me reined in. Uh, let's jump into a Sunday morning yeah. in review then uh, about Luke 22, uh, 39 through 46. Yeah, Mark, you had it entitled "Dark the Dark Night in the Garden." I mean, and not about Batman, by the way. Yeah, no, yeah. not that dark yeah. night. Yeah, but the dark night—not just physical darkness because mm-hmm. it was nighttime, but mm-hmm. the spiritual darkness. Mm-hmm. And there, there's just an added weight that you can think about when you really are meditating and and just mulling over this passage of Jesus's agony, of not just 
anticipating the physical torture and the physical death, but the spiritual death mm-hmm. and separation from the Father. And it rings true. And I, I know we mentioned my community group a lot, which meets on Monday nights. And, and I had an enjoyable time because last split second decision, I said, I wonder if I can find the passion of the Christ. And you know, the scene, the opening scene of the movie mm. is just music mm-hmm. and scenes of Jesus in that garden moment. And we watched that and that sombered mm. us up. And it mm. put us in a place where you see it, you're sensing it. And a couple of us had been to Israel, so we get a chance to mm-hmm. say, yes, I know what that is mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And to try to put yourself in either disciples' shoes or Jesus' shoes of that anticipation. Disciples not knowing what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Jesus just in agony. Yeah. It just it really enhanced our conversation. That's cool. That's the Easter diet right yeah. there. I love yeah, it. So it's preparation almost of how we're leading into this mm-hmm. Easter season with this sermon mm-hmm. going into triumphal entry and a little backwards, but then Easter. Yeah. Yeah. You speak of the Passion of the Christ, there's that one scene where a foot comes and, and smashes the serpent, the snake. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what I think part of is happening in this scene is uh, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And not to not to maybe overly make the point or, or, or press what's press in it what might not be there. But I do think there, as, as Luke lays out in chapter 22, there's a real sense of spiritual warfare going on. Mm-hmm. And you see that you know, from the beginning of the chapter, mm-hmm. Satan uh, uh, is, is instigating this kill him, kill him mentality. Um, I, uh, the, he wants to sift the disciples and shake them up and uh, all this stuff. And yet Jesus is in that moment of agony, is victorious. And it's like that foot is coming down on that mm. snake mm. even then, uh, mm. let alone a few hours later on the cross. Yeah, and you got to imagine that there's this just stench of death all around. There's you know Satan who has entered Judas. Not just the demons that the disciples were casting out earlier, but mm-hmm. actual Satan enters mm-hmm. Judas. There is something to that. And just the the... The spiritual tension and warfare happening on that evening, and the, and we're, you know, wonder what's going on in Satan's mind too. Uh, I've got him, you know, because he he was waiting for a, another opportune time mm-hmm. from the desert temptation, and here he is severely tempting Jesus, and and yet what we can take away is the victory that Jesus was able to overcome that once again temptation, not mm-hmm. my will but yours be done, and and just the 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 gravity of the moment of Jesus basically saying, yes, the hours come for you, mm-hmm. and him mm-hmm. handing himself over as if this is my call. This is, <laughs> this is, is yeah. you know, this and, is... And it was. Yes, and it is. He, he was sovereign of it, and uh, uh, what seemingly might have been or could have been Satan's greatest hour mm. was really, again, another defeat, and it was Christ's greatest hour. Mm as he humbled himself and in submission, entrusted himself, uh, as First uh, Peter 2 explains mm-hmm. it, into the, the, the hands of his father, mm. who uh, the pain of it is that he would be separated from him as he bears our sin. 
uh, just a few hours later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like when you read these passages, there, there, there's two ditches you can easily fall in as far as the disciples are concerned. One is uh, you approach Bible study. I don't know if, if I have what it takes to be a disciple of Jesus. You hear like, pick up my cross and follow him. Oh, that seems a little too much. I don't want to invest that much. But then sometimes you read stories and you're like, they're a bunch of buffoons. I have what it takes to be a disciple. How do they not know he's Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. We get to look back on this story and say, how could you not be aware he's predicting it, of, he's of, of what Mark said, it. the yeah. spiritual reality, right? But they're falling asleep in and now they're like, he's over yonder praying. And you look at it and you're like, Jesus kept these dudes around in, in their doubt and buffoonery and questions. And, and so it's just so interesting to study it this way and think, man, I am prone to, to so many different you know, ditches and so many different things that all come down to a lack of understanding of how Jesus is working. He was right there. Mm-hmm. He was right there, and they were wrestling with it. And in the, in the darkest hour, as mm-hmm. we're saying, what is he doing? He's going to his Father in complete conversation, dialogue, communion with him, wrestling, recognizing that he needs his de- he's putting his dependence on the Father in that moment to be able to overcome this spiritual situation that of the temptation probably was greater, I would imagine, greater than what would happen was happening in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. Of just mm. the that moment. Probably the hour had come. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. and so he be, I think the the point for me in the the passage, other than just the, the just the sheer historical and theological weightiness to this whole thing mm-hmm. is still the practical um, impact that when we go through our Gethsemanes, and I tried to make the point is that we, we don't have a clue what mm-hmm. the depth of the pain. So mm-hmm. uh, um, our darkness, uh, our, the dark night of our souls doesn't compare to what Jesus would throw. Mm-hmm. But look what Jesus did. And look how he handled it. Prayer, the power of prayer. The the uh, you brought friends along to pray with them, you know, to uphold them. But the bottom line was this unwavering trust and dependency on God. Not my will, but thine be done. And that then becomes the model and and the example that mm-hmm. no matter what our situation is that we're facing, um, this is he sets the example. That's mm-hmm. Christ likeness. Yeah. And if if he's dwelling within us and empowers us, we have the wherewithal by faith in him to live out that same, I think that same conviction. Um, the Isaiah 50 passage that I had gone mm. to, I think is so was so pertinent uh, mm. because you walk, even used the concept of darkness. If you you know walk in darkness and you don't have light, what do you do? Well, you, 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 those who fear the Lord are going to trust in him. They're going to rely upon their God. And if you don't, if you light your own fire and, and yeah. set up, burn your own fire brands, um, you, you're going to lie down in torment. And the very thing that we think we want to solve or get out of in this darkness, we get more entrenched in if we do it in our own way. So it's 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 like children that that <laughs> disobey their parents and and then they disobey again and they keep getting themselves in a deeper hole if they would just simply go to their parents and trust mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. you know think that it'll it'll work better for you you, you keep mm-hmm. disobeying you're going to keep mm-hmm. getting in a worse situation mm-hmm. um, you're going to lie down in torment so i think that is it was so pertinent for anyone who 
is or will be going through their dark night of the soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's tough for me sometimes to grasp oh, what's your Gethsemane. Like, because every person has a different struggle or a different temptation or different mm-hmm. difficulty to overcome. And for them, what might but, for some be very minuscule, right. for another in that moment, it might be huge and right. vice versa. But the, the solution to the problem is always, always the, same. the same. And it's always going to Christ, going to the Lord with the situation, put your trust and dependency in Him. And somebody last night in our community group was like, yeah, wasn't there something of like, you know, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross? And I was like, yes, where is that passage? We're talking about memorizing that passage, mm-hmm. Hebrews 12, 1. Mm-hmm. And, and to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross despising the shame and it sat down right hand throne of the God. And so there's this idea that, okay, we're called to do that. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is our model. He was the one that showed us how to do it. Time after time, as we've been going through these week by week passages of looking at what Jesus has been doing. And this is, I think, a key moment. This is one of the key moments where he is truly moment by moment, just looking to the father and yeah. putting his dependence in him. Yeah. And when you're, when you're sweating drops, yeah. as it were like blood. Yeah. A, a real physiological phenomenon. Um, there's an intensity going on there. And uh, it wasn't that he was fearful or, or wanting to be removed from the knowingly torturous crucifixion that, that the Romans would soon put on him. It was that that spiritual separation and that warfare, I think, that was... Unpack on. that spiritual separation, because that's something that... Um, you know, you mentioned a few minutes ago, none of us could really understand what he was going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he still has the communion with the Father, but he's about ready to go into this even further complete separation with the death. You know, yeah. so how, what does that separation yeah, really I, mean and look like for, for <clears throat> Jesus to go through that? Cause he, I, and I'll give blood. you 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. 30 seconds. Right. But, <laughs> you know, because we can never understand no, that. No, and that's you know? it. And it's, it's, it's trying to define the undefinable. Think of it this way. The, the intimacy that Jesus had with his Father from eternity past, uh, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, dwelling in perfect unity and loving harmony, all, uh, and never, never not experiencing that. Uh, then the incarnation takes place. And he takes on flesh and blood, so now he's physically mm. in, encapsulated mm-hmm. in a, and veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there he is. Um, and yet, you read through the Gospels, and there was this constant communion. Mm-hmm. He'd get up early in the morning and meet with the Father, and, uh, and he, he's, if you've seen me, you see the Father. I mean, th- that oneness was still there, and that, that harmony, and that love relationship, and that, that intimacy, and that communion. So he, all of that, he sets the pattern. And then on that, in that moment of the cross, when the, our sins are laid upon him, um, and 2 Corinthians 5, he who knew no sin became sin. I mean, that's just, that's a, there's no way you can wrap your mind around that. I mean, I've always been a sinner. <laughs> You've always been a sinner. But Jesus was sinless. Mm. And in that moment, he became sin on our behalf. And God's judgment falls against sin, and he, it fell on his son. I, again, because we've never had that level of intimacy with the Father or with anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you, you, 
you, you talk about a, a person who'd been married, say, say been married for 75 years and, and their spouse dies and they've never been separated. Hmm. Um, I, we can't fathom that. I, I, don't, I don't know what that's like. Hmm. Uh, now, exponentially, millions of times more, hmm. the son bears our sin and the father there's this judgment that takes place, and he says, "My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me?" I do. Th- I don't. I don't know what all that means. Mm. Um, but there was something of the payment of a sin, mm-hmm. the 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 Abraham Isaac moment when the knife isn't stopped by an angel, but it goes all the way through to the son, to the heart of his son, and Jesus dies in our behalf. Um, yeah, it's unfathomable what that must have been like for Jesus. And the anticipation of that yeah. in that moment, I think, is... Is the cup that could this be removed yeah, from me? right, mm-hmm. right. Is there another way? Is there another is, way? Is there anything else? And, 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 and then it's in that moment of potential temptation, is he being pulled of this, not my will, but yours be done? What is the, what is the implication of what, what would have Jesus' will have been? Yeah, and is that a is that a because he was veiled in his flesh was because he had the ability to be tempted was there this kind of will that was fighting with what Satan was tempting him that's not here in scriptures what yeah. was Satan was saying but that that humanness of, of Jesus yeah that, so you had this uh, uh, the the. Theologians call the hypostatic union of Jesus the 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 coming together of his humanity and his divinity, and in that humanity, um, sweating as it were drops of blood and agony with great cries he was he was crying out before the Lord in prayer, (laughs) and Luke makes the point the disciples as a stone's throw away (laughs) and they they sleep through that it's it's again hard to understand, Hmm. but um, in that humanness. uh, yeah, the temptation was obviously being Satan was working. That's mm-hmm. the again the darkness that the the activity of the the unseen realm pulling him, and yet there was that spiritual victory. Not my will, but thine be done. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the goals of of reaching people on Easter to destroy the, the myth that, that God, you know, sent his little puppet and Jesus was the golden God and, and wasn't also compatible with us via humanity, right? And the raw emotion that he experienced and the, the, the testing in the desert and the use of scripture to the point where our eyes are opened for, for the non-Christian that somebody's died for you, but for the growing Christian that Jesus also lived on, on either side of that death. One is at the right hand of the Father God acting on your behalf while the Spirit acts on yours, and there's this whole cool thing happening with the Trinity. But we, we, we try to live as if Jesus lived, and it came up earlier in the podcast, I forget what the phrase buzz, was, but, but dwell on what Jesus has done or, or, or think about that. And it, that is not a spiritual, a hyper-spiritual thing where we look up into the clouds and guess, Jesus, what, what maybe would you do in this situation? We can discern that, but... We find it here. Mm-hmm. We find it in Jesus' words and how he lived. He lived these examples and gave us these words. John Piper had a sermon years ago where he basically said, God could have chosen a 1990s Hollywood movie 
to reveal his truth. <laughs> but he chose these scrolls. He chose these words of this book. This is how we have it. Mm-hmm. And, and to, to realize that, the, the communion with God is going to come down to what we t- touched on at, at night, biblical literacy, yeah. right? And yeah. understanding and w- having a value of God's word. So it's less of a spiritual guessing game, which, by the way, that is what I'm seeing in youth and in Keystone. Mm. It is a spiritual guessing game. Mm. It is looking forward, saying, I think the Spirit's leading this way, I think it's leading this way. It's a hyper-spiritual, hypo-biblical approach to understanding how God works, and it's dangerous yeah. because spiritual warfare is real. Yeah, and, and, and that's why it's even, even we who respect the Scripture so, so much, can pass through these things awfully fast and yeah. not meditate. Uh, the psalmist said in Psalm one, you know, the, the the I'll be firmly rooted when I meditate on these things day and night. And mm. and I think this is one of those. Well, every scripture is, but man, this this whole Gethsemane scene is something to ponder. Uh, mm. And those hours afterwards, and the whole the whole the whole Good Friday Easter thing is. Uh, is, is pretty powerful. And as you might glaze over it, you you might miss the most important part of it, and it's the victory. It's it's Christ overcoming that temptation. It's Christ being complete control. It's Christ putting his dependency mm-hmm. and trust in the Father. And and you might at a glance think, oh yeah, this is just this is a dark night. This is, you know, Jesus sweating blood. This is him praying. And you you miss kind of the heart of the application of what that means to me today. Well, the Easter story is not Jesus's obituary. It is death's obituary. Yeah, it's Satan's. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, and and so related to that, that that was all scripted by God. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. it, so when Jesus said not my will but thine be done, he knew what his will was, mm-hmm. it, it was there in the scriptures. It was there, uh, Isaiah fifty-three. I mean, it, it's not a mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Back to the beginning of time, the foundations of the earth. Uh, you know, the, G- Genesis three fifteen. Mm-hmm. He will be crushed. crushed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so it's there. I'm thinking of Acts chapter two when, uh, in Peter's sermon, he said, "This man, Jesus, delivered over by the predetermined plan and the foreknowledge of God, mm-hmm. you nailed to the cross." Mm-hmm. This is these this dark night, this this time of, of, of darkness, when Jesus said, and we brought this out in the sermon in, in Luke twenty two verse fifty four, when he said, uh, "This this hour of darkness is yours." It was it was handing over, as you said earlier. It, you see the sovereignty of God. You you see who was in control. You have no power other than what it's been given you. And that hour. It was the predetermined plan, the foreknowledge mm. of God. Mm. Uh, what about our dark nights? What about our Gethsemanes? Are those just, you know, bad karma? <laughs> is it just, uh, you know, is it just the, the satanic work, you know, that of darkness? And uh, no, God is sovereign, and these things, even the darkness times are the orchestration of God, and he's got a purpose and a plan. I was reading in, uh, in Lamentations this week, and um, just it's, it's a book that would be worth studying. It's, mm. it's a very repetitive in many ways, but one of the things that struck me um, was um, over and over again, you see that the, the, the second person plural 
pronoun is used. And we won't take the time to, to go through there, but all over it's you have done this, or he, he has mm-hmm. done this to me. Mm-hmm. He has uh, afflicted me, and he has, um, and yet in, in that central passage in chapter 3, there is still, he says in verse 21, this I recall to mind, and I have, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness and need never ceases, and his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. Uh, verse 25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. That's what Jesus was doing that night. Hmm. Verse 26 says, it is good that he, um, that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord, for it is good for a man that he should bear the yoke in his youth. Um, uh, verse 28, let him sit alone and be silent since he has laid it on him. It's the sovereignty of God. Mm. The, uh, verse 29, let him put his mouth in the dust. Perhaps there is hope. Let him give his cheek to the smiter. Let him be filled with reproach for the Lord will not reject forever. And then it says, um, in verse 33, which I've got to verify this, but in the Hebrew text, I think verse 33 is the exact center of this poetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like the, the writer is f- drawing our attention to this central thing, verse 33, for he does not afflict willingly mm-hmm. or grieve the sons of men to crush under his feet all the prisoners of the land. The, the, the heart of God is his compassion. And and so as we focus in Luke twenty two on the, the 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 anguish of Jesus, and we've never got into this in the sermon, but think of the anguish of the Father mm. as well, mm. who crushes his son, who who is pouring out, and he does not do it in that sense willingly. So as the son is praying on the earth in the garden on his knees, not my will but thine be done. It's as if, almost as if the Father is saying, but I don't want to will this, mm. but I must. Mm-hmm. So there, <laughs> there's yeah, yeah, this yeah. In- incredible emotional tension that is in, being played out that you can't capture in words on a page, even in inspired scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not, uh, he does not uh, afflict uh, willingly. God's heart is always to move, but he will use and he will orchestrate mm-hmm. whom the Father loves. He will scourge and and he'll use those, he'll orchestrate those dark nights of the soul. And we may cry out to him and and and, and get mad at him and why is this happening or blame it on the Satan or what whatnot. God is behind it. And the good and the bad happens Completely because of sovereign. a sovereign God. Completely sovereign. That's and right. In, in, in that moment in the garden, you, you got to imagine Satan was pretty clueless. He was probably pretty happy with himself right there. Yeah. And this is God's climax of what his plan is ready to be accomplished. And and Satan probably thinks he's about ready to win. Yeah. So look at that. And what does that mean to us today? We might be thinking we're being crushed or that Satan's got it all con- un, you know, in his grips, but no, it's all yeah. within God's plan. God's will. And so exactly. thy will be done right. on earth as it is in heaven. Not mine, so you know what's best. So, Father, let me just humbly yeah. accept this and keep my eyes on you. And um, that's what Jesus did. And he hmm. gets up, and you see the power in the garden, 
uh, as the Peter's sword lashes out and and his power of saying this hour of darkness is yours, you know, m- 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 go for it. Mm. Um, he goes to the cross as a lamb before its, its shears to the slaughter is dumb. So Jesus uttered not a word because he was in charge. There's oneness with the Father. There, there's heavenly dialogue. We've said it here before that that vertical can determine the horizontal. And so when we experience that strife and struggle horizontally, it begs the question, you know, what is what is my relationship with God like? And, and JVD even said in our all staff meeting this morning, remember, this is not our home. We're just passing through. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love that phraseology because the world's going to try to wrestle through things and the world is not passing through. This is, this is its story. But our story is, is, is anti-cultural in that way. We are citizens of another place and we get to see Jesus demonstrate that, that he is yeah. in the world, not of the world. Yeah. As someone once said recently, for the person who doesn't know Jesus, this world is as good as it's mm-hmm. going to get. Mm-hmm. For we who know Jesus, this world is as bad as it's going to get. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I, I told my community group last night, I just need to start writing those, like, one statements down that Mark Carey says. You know, like, well, I, he, he comes I, up with them, what, from, yeah, from seminary or whatever. You, you, you read them and you say them, and I just am like, those are great. You just start documenting them, you know? Yeah. That was good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Guys, thank you for being here. Mark, I want to devote at least a minute or two to talk through the month ahead, okay. the Easter calendar. Uh, I'd be impressed if you had it all memorized. I will close my iPad uh, right now. Really? That's a bolt. Let's hear it then, my man. And I'll do it in less than a minute. Okay. Easter I'm watching the coming. clock. Easter weekend is coming. And what mm-hmm. that means to us as a church is we have a Good Friday mm-hmm. service. That you have two to attend, two options, 11 mm-hmm. o'clock and 7 o'clock. We um, are going to provide um, live stream for 11 o'clock. If you're unavailable to attend, we would still strongly encourage you to come, obviously. It's going to be an amazing time. There will be communion with that service. So be prepared. To, um, to embrace even more what we're talking about right now of just that, that death and the suffering of Christ and that he did in our behalf and remember that with communion. Easter, Easter weekend, um, we have Saturday night service like normal, 5 o'clock, but then we also have four services on Sunday. You're smiling at me. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Keep going. Four services on Sunday, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. 8, 9, 30, and 11. Oh, I love it. Live stream at 9, 30, okay. which will also be posted and aired for later down the road. Children's ministry will be available 9.30 and 11 as okay. well. So come bring your families. And Fellowship 3 will meet at 11 o'clock to stay in line with the upstairs service times. But there will also be a breakfast for those Fellowship 3 crowd downstairs. There you um, go. So open house breakfast food um, between 9.30 and 10.45. That was under 60 seconds, I believe. That, was that is good. Easter. Okay, and that's not the entire yeah, 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 month yeah. in a nutshell. But guys, that's what we want to focus on. Mm-hmm. And the heart of um, how can we, as a church, as a family of believers, not just come and do this as a holy huddle, mm-hmm. but how can we reach out to the people around us that we know, friends, family, neighbors, that, man, they got to hear this good news. So mm-hmm. we've got space for them. We'll find space. If Absolutely. we're overflowing and bursting, that's great. That's Let's awesome. do it. Bring your friends. Yeah, It's awesome. And as a reminder, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, you can find a, a, a couple other podcasts we do. We have a missions podcast, but also the Fellowship Family podcast. Mark mentioned at the beginning of Sermon Spotlight here today that there will be an episode dropping this Friday, just in reference to our latest uh, FBC family meeting we had Sunday evening. So look out for that as well. The fact of the matter, everybody said sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless. <laughs>